You're listening to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward, where we round up selected news and give you a preview of what's in the editorial pipeline. In today's episode, we're joined by Japan Forward editor in chief Yasuo Naito, and senior editor Susan Komori, and journalist Ariel Busetto. In the last couple of days and weeks, Ariel has covered Suga-san exclusively, and in today's session, we talk about and discuss who he is. Ariel, thanks for covering um, some a lot of Suga-san's um, coverage over the last couple of days and last couple of weeks. Um, so that's what the topic will be for today's session on our new prime minister in Japan, Suga-san. And maybe let's talk about a little bit about his background. So um, what can you tell our listeners about Suga-san? Um, so uh, yes, I researched his background and also I spoke uh, to a reporter that has been following him for uh, quite a while, um, Yoshikazu Hiroike, who works in the Sanke, in the Sanke political section. Um, and the first thing that he told me when he spoke about, you know, what kind of type uh, Mr. Suga is, is that, you know, he's not as flashy or as much of a performer as, for example, uh, Shinzo Abe, uh, his now predecessor. Um, but he has much more of a per, uh, reputation of being somebody who works like very hard in the background. And, you know, he has his own style of doing things, which he's developed in his long career of being a chief cabinet secretary under Shinzo Abe uh, since uh, the second legislation that started in 2012. Anyway, if we look at the his background, uh, he comes from uh, a small village and now is part of Yuzawa in uh, Akita Prefecture. Um, he is the son... North of Japan, uh, right? Jinto. Yeah, in the, exactly in the northeast of Japan. Um, he is uh, uh, the son of a strawberry field farmer and a teacher. Um, and uh, he never had any plan of becoming a strawberry farmer himself. So when he finished high school, he came to Tokyo and sort of worked uh, several jobs while he worked, uh, like he studied at university um, uh, in the faculty of law. So, for example, he, he was working as pushing like boxes and, you know, it, or for example, he was working in the Skiji fish market and that sort of thing. But um, eventually he kind of came to the realization that he thought that politics was what moved, what really changed the lives of people and therefore uh, started his career in politics and worked his way up. Uh, so first he became the secretary, Yokohama City Council member at the age of 26. And then uh, he was elected as city council himself in 87. And then he became part of the diet in 1996. So this is sort of the big uh, sort of chunk of his background. And then, you know, he worked his way up and became closer and closer to Abe. Naita-san also made an interesting comment that his background, you know, strawberry farmer, his like family, he's like, you know, from, from the countryside. And now he's like the prime minister of Japan. Um, Naita-san, what, what do you think about that? Well, you know that uh, if you compare to former prime minister Abe or the, um, uh, the vice prime minister, uh, Taro Aso, uh, you know, he's just, uh, you know, from the province and uh, from the, the very remote area uh, with no political background. Uh, Shinzo Abe or the Taro Aso has a deep connection with the political establishment. Uh, his father and, you know, his, his grandfather was a politician. So, uh, so it's completely kind of uh, 
uh, what do you say that, um, you know, it's he made his uh, success in, yeah. the, uh, yeah. in the politics. It's his so, own, this is own success, right? Yes, yes. So apparently his personal motto is also where there's a will, there's a way. Um, yeah. And it's interesting that also his two opponents in the LDP leadership race, uh, Fumio Kishida and uh, Shigeru Ishiba, uh, are also both legacy politicians. So he stands out even more as being the man who worked his way up. Um, and he also stresses this his background a lot whenever he introduces himself. You know, I am the son of a strawberry farmer from Akita. Um, so definitely a sort of I think a self-made man. Um, um, one more interesting thing is that, you know, according to the Sankey reporters, uh, that he wakes up at five o'clock in the morning, reads all the newspapers, and then, uh, you know, the... Uh, what do you call it, the breakfast meeting? Uh, he 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 talked to you know the uh, the colleagues and politicians and the other people. He meets from very early in the morning. So I think the poor reporters they need to you know uh, stick to prime minister. That means that they need to wake up five o'clock in the morning. That's the kind of you know the guy that uh, uh, it's really tough to cover. I think mm. for the. <laughs> I think in some way it also shows the you know self-discipline that he has, yeah. um, and uh, you know the other anecdote that is often said that he does a hundred sit-ups every morning, um, and you know so it's it kind of fits in the whole you know the person who's working hard on so I guess every aspect. Agree that he's kind of. like quite determined and he's quite disciplined. I think the point that we made on him coming from the countryside of Japan in northeast. Um, in the Tohoku region of Akita Prefecture. Uh, I think it's also worth mentioning that Suga-san himself had a big hand with the Furusato Noze um, initiative in Japan. And for those who don't know about the Furusato Noze, it's um, a tax um, incentive program that the, the government implemented in 2008, where people outside of these regional regions can purchase um, goods from these regions and um, sustain them economically um, in exchange for their, for their goods and their services uh, for, their, for, for money. Um, so Suga-san was part of that. And um, I guess, yeah, that's just a picture of his, um, you know, grassroots um, countryside um, background. So I wanted to think, talk to everyone on the call and ask what, what, what your thoughts on, on, on the Furusato Noze and his involvement in that. Oh, Galilo, I think you you have benefited <laughs> to the Furusato Noze, I think. Uh, living in Tokyo, you uh, you give the money to the provinces, right? And then get some kind of present from the region. Yeah, I... I Like, the thing yeah. I want to say right now is um, I didn't know that Suga-san did that. And I was, like, really happy to find out he, he was mm -hmm. the guy who put that together. Because one mm -hmm. thing for, for the Furusato Noze program is I can enjoy like shinmai, like fresh rice, fresh harvested rice um, every year um, from places that it's hard to get from. So like the Akita, Komachi, or even some of the like, Niigata, um, Hitemo, uh, what is it? Not Hitomebore, but there's a, there's a rice that I buy from Niigata and I get it because <laughs> of the, the Furusato Noze. Um, mm -hmm. But also some of like the... It's kind of like gurume, be gurume. Foods mm -hmm. like hamburger or like slices of like matsutaku, or like, like slices of wagyu. Um, <laughs> a lot of food, but it's, I, I definitely love the furusato noze. 
and I look forward to it every like new tax financial year to see how much um, I can save money, but also support like these regions. Through the Furusata Noze, I, I got to know about like Saga and also Shigaken and like Omigyu mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and the different types of like rice that you can buy in Japan. Um, <laughs> what we, we, like my family, we like to order is um, like fruits as well. So like mm-hmm. from Yamanashi. And you mm-hmm. get fruits from like uh, no, kum, yeah, Kumamoto, like places that we can't go uh, mm-hmm. easily to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, we and it's good to get these like strawberries also like seasonal, like they're fresh. Uh, you'll get mm-hmm. it when the season's right. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely recommend the Furusato Noze program. Uh, we like the Furusato, Furusato Noze program as well. Uh, and um, one of the things that we like about it is that we feel engaged with the the prefecture or the that city or the prefecture that we're making the order from. Uh, and so it actually gives us a connection, even though we've never been there. Uh, uh, Saga is one of those places. Um, and then there's uh, we've been to Niigata or Akita, but we haven't. Um, you know, we didn't go there to visit the farms. And so mm-hmm. uh, we saw when we were visiting there how. Uh, really uh, depressed the economy was and feel like, you know, maybe we can make a contribution this way as well as when we buy the the fruit or the meat or um, chicken or whatever it might be, uh, we not only know where it came from, but we're ordering it directly from there and not just sort of buying it at the supermarket, uh, which might say where the, you know, which prefecture it came from, but we're we're actually using our own initiative to support those places. Um, and my husband talks to them on the phone. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he likes to, like, when he talks to them, find out how they're doing and what's going on. And, you know, if a storm bothered the crops or their activities. And uh, we feel, we just feel a whole different connection that we never had before. Yeah, I, I totally agree on that connection part. Um, I received postcards from some of these places to just show me like what what it's like right now, like maybe in yeah. in a corner, like part of like Fukushima or something like that. And I I, I like it. I would have never had those con- that connection otherwise um, without like the Furusato Nose program. So when I found out about that Sugasan had uh, had put this program together, it just really I guess gave me a better understanding of who he mm-hmm. is. Um, and his contribution to the Japanese economy. And mm-hmm. um, and recently, I think th- with the Furusato Noze, like, you know, trying to give back to, to these countryside um, places or, you know, farms and whatnot. Um, I think this also uh, resulted in him try, um, coming up with the, the go-to campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though the go-to campaign was heavily and harshly criticized, um, mm-hmm. No media, social media. Um, mm-hmm. There's lots of doubt and fear of mm-hmm. what it's trying to accomplish. Um, mm-hmm. But then the results came in uh, after one month, and I think we yeah, we pulled them. And after one month, it's like two million people in the first month um, used the. Furis- uh, <laughs> I was about to say Furisato no se. They used the, <laughs> the go-to campaign, um, and in that first month, only ten people um, contracted the coronavirus. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I think that's quite successful um, and, and it still extends for another couple of weeks. Is that, is that right? A couple more months. I think 
Tokyo think, gets included once, yeah. gets included mm-hmm. in the campaign. So um, I'm amazed at how this uh, farm boy, I hope that's not disrespectful, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> came up with like these, just two. I'm sure that he's come up with others that we're not aware mm-hmm. of his involvement. But the, these two initiatives that involved um, a lot of like Japan, Japan's wealth transferring to mm-hmm. different regions and different places where you would never had the opportunity otherwise. Yeah, um, and obviously to recapitulate in case, you know, like some people don't know what the GoTo campaign is. So this campaign started in July to try to uh, boost uh, domestic tourism and involves uh, several discounts, both on travel um, and uh, accommodation. Uh, they're going to introduce also discounts on eating out and buying souvenirs, that sort of thing. Um, but of course, it came at a time when the cases were rising in Tokyo. So uh, many were fearful that if... Uh, everybody was allowed to travel freely throughout the country, um, it would cause uh, an explosive rise in cases, which many wanted to avoid. But as you mentioned, uh, there were only 10 cases reported linked to you know, traveling because of the go-to campaign. So I think it's, a, it's, it's, it's definitely like a very concrete result that things were not as bad as uh, we were expecting them to be. And then, of course, like the economy hasn't suffered as much because people were still traveling to some extent. So yeah. uh, as Suga mentioned, um, Suga-san mentioned that, that uh, you know, the locals are very thankful <laughs> for some of this, the people going around and traveling and so on. I think the initial criticisms were largely a result of the coronavirus uh, pandemic and the fear of yeah. the, the virus uh, spreading. And so the cases that uh, Ariel's talking about are coronavirus cases, Um, Mm -hmm. And the fact that they didn't uh, explode, uh, in fact, that there was almost nothing, uh, almost negligible uh, during that period is is also extremely remarkable. I just want to mention that even though, you know, those kind of criticism and resistance from the, you know, I'm talking about, uh, for example, Purusato Noze and GoTo campaign as well, uh, you know, resistance from Tokyo government or the other ministries, you know, Mr. Suga has a strong will and determination, and let's say his ability of uh, coordination with the others, the oppositions, uh, you know, he he never give up. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting character, even though mm-hmm. he's not a kind of, you know, the flashy politician. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. good to see his involvement with like these I guess national or very like, domestic initiatives and programs with the Food Satanose and Go to Campaign. But it's also I thought it would be interesting to our listeners that we can mention some of his foreign affairs involvement um, to get mm-hmm. maybe a, an idea or picture of who Sugusan is. And I know Susan, you've covered some stories on with um, with uh, the abductions, the North Korean. Well, abductions. I yes. I've covered the abductions um, the most and certainly had the most exposure to him directly during that. Um, and he's been extremely engaged in the abduction issue for several years now. But he last year, he also traveled to Washington, D.C. and to New York. And um, in Washington, he very quietly met with the vice president of the United States, uh, only only the top heads usually meet with the president, but he did meet with the vice president uh, and the secretary of state and the secretary, acting secretary of defense at the time, uh, and the, all of the you know the top level people. And he held his usual very quiet, substantive talks. So I think um, 
in Washington, he's not seen as somebody that's very flashy. In fact, most people say, well, you know, he doesn't have deep roots with the uh, Japan experts community or the Asia experts community. So uh, he, he must not know anything. Well, that's really not true. In New York, he chaired a United Nations um, seminar that uh, Japan sponsored with some of its uh, partners, including the EU and Australia and Canada, the United States, um, on the abductions issue, uh, which involved uh, you know, people from many countries, and uh, both as speakers and as uh, people um, there to listen, and it was also broadcast, and the video is actually still available uh, on the UN website. Uh, and he, you know, he gave the keynote speech and um, uh, really headed the whole delegation um, for that. Uh, it was a Japanese initiative, uh, and you know, he's not really given credit for these things because he doesn't stand up and, and say, "I did this," um, because the issue there is to get the abductees back, not make him look good. That's how he looks at it, I think. Um, I, I've met him because of those um, things, and uh, he's extremely modest. Uh, you know, he's sort of like, you know, you really want to talk to me type. Um, and so I think the interesting thing for people around the world, um, when they see that, well, he's he says that he's going to continue the focus on Indochina, uh, excuse me, uh, Indo-Pacific uh, region and also uh, U.S. relations. Um, I'm sure he absolutely means that, but because he doesn't have uh, all these uh, talking head uh, sort of people that he's known and had as friends for years out there touting his line, um, we're not seeing, you know, really what his thoughts are on it. So I, I think we should expect him to be deeper and um more substantive than than people are thinking at the moment. That's more his style. Yeah. Um, when I spoke to um, the you know journalist in the political section, uh, Mr. Hiroike, uh, he, you know he was uh, he sort of mentioned, oh, you know, um, I, to be honest, I'm not really sure. Even he speaks English, and then he was saying, if I have to be honest with you, I can't really imagine him speaking together with like Trump in the same way that, for example, Abe. Uh, would uh, entertain uh, the president of the United States in, you know, the many meetings and uh, events that they held together and that sort of thing. However, um, you know, something, and so I think the issue of, you know, how he would deal with foreign relations and foreign affairs has been uh, one of the topics discussed in the lead up to the LDP leadership election. Um, but he himself pointed out that out of the 37 meetings that uh, Prime Minister Abe had with President Trump, uh, he sat through all but one meeting. So all the 37 meetings minus one. And so, you know, he, he says, I might not be the person that has been at the fore for the whole time, but I definitely am prepared for the job. Um, so I think it's, uh, you know, as Susan said, he, you know, he might not be the person who comes out at the fore, but He's, he knows what he's doing. And so, um, you know, we should expect to see uh, more work in that front as well. I'm really hoping that he carries through with um, a lot of the, the priority tasks that Abe-san had, like with abductions and also with the Indo-Pacific relations. So mm -hmm. it's good to hear that he, he announced and he, he will keep going with those uh, and continue to working hard.
for those initiatives? Yeah, he pledged uh, several times uh, just before and after he was um, made prime minister uh, to continue with the abductions issue. So I think we should all expect that to uh, become a priority. Um, the Minister for Abductions is the um, new uh, cabinet chief cabinet secretary and uh, the day that he was appointed, um, the day that was so busy for everybody, he actually called Sakie Yokota um, to tell her that he was going to, you know, he was back, he's done it before. This is um, Minister Kato. Uh, uh, and he wanted to tell her that, you know, I'm going to give it my all again. So that, that was deeply appreciated. Yeah, I guess that's what's been in the, said or been worked on in the past. And I think it was reported um, earlier this afternoon that um, the U.S. President Trump will have um, a call with, with Suga-san this, this week, I think this weekend. So, yeah, looking forward to what that conversation entails and um, if anything, I guess, anything new develops out of it or anything, any changes happen because of the call. Um, we'll see. I think a lot, a lot of things will happen after this weekend. Yeah, I want to make <laughs> something about Suga-san. Not uh, everything is okay because, you know, uh, uh, he himself does not belong to any you know faction in LDP, but uh, he has a huge influence from the Nikai uh, faction. The, the Nikai is uh, the Secretary General of LDP, and he uh, he and his uh, the group or the faction is pro-China group uh, in LDP. So when we talk about U.S.-China conflict in the future, or the new Cold War is emerging now, uh, whether Mr. Suga. Uh, can talk tough uh, against China in the future or not. So that's a kind of, you know, uh, the worries uh, for uh, from the journalistic point of view. But let's uh, in the future, uh, what kind of stance he will take. I think what our listeners should, get, should understand about Japanese politics, that even though he was um, voted in as the new prime minister, there's also possibility or speculation that there will be a snap election. Um, in the next coming months, maybe before the end of the year or maybe at the start of next year. Um, but it's also worth to mention that um, despite that, um, this hasn't even been talk discussed yet regarding the SNAP election in, in, in the public, um, that Suga-san mm -hmm. is uh, quite, like he's very, very popular with, 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 the, with the nation. Um, Ariel, mm -hmm. did you, did, could you give us more details on that? Um, yeah, so this is a poll that uh, just came out uh, with uh, Nikkei, uh, so Nihon Keizai Shinbun, and TV Tokyo uh, just today. And it showed that actually he has 74% support, uh, and this is the third highest for any incoming cabinet um, in the poll's history. Um, and this is attributable mainly to the fact that many people think that he is uh, trustworthy um, because, you know, he's coming from... Uh, He's worked together with Abe for a really long time, and so you know people have trust in his um, in, in the administration that he's going to lead. Uh, and I think this is an important point because um, many people are saying uh, that actually the snap election, whether it's going to happen or not, it might depend on how popular uh, the party is at the time and how popular he is at the time. Um, so, you know, this might be an indication of what will happen in the future as well. I think one of the points that needs to be made there, though, is that 
he's also responded to that saying that he has to, you know, the, his top priority is to get a handle on COVID-19 yeah. and both the, the medical aspects for the Japanese population and also the economic aspects of the devastation to the economy during the pandemic. Uh, and that uh, he wants results to be able to show to people that something has been uh, done on a positive side on that before he calls a snap election, or at least that's what he's indicated when he's been asked. Um, yep. and those results could come quickly or they might not. I don't I don't know. But um, I think we should look for uh, him to be sh able to show some results um, on the COVID-19 issues. Yeah. So, uh, for example, in his press conference that he gave, um, the first press conference that he gave as prime minister, whether he was exceptionally clear on issues, for example, his commitment to the abduction issue, when asked whether there was going to be uh, a snap election, he just said that he was going to focus on uh, dealing with the COVID-19 crisis and that he was going to keep in mind the fact that uh, his term was going to go until next year when, um, you know, the original term of Abe was supposed to end uh, in October. Um, and, you know, he, is, he has in mind that it's a tight schedule to call a, a snap election. And that was it. So, you know, I think the point is, um, you know, there might be a snap election in the coming year, but I think the priority is first to deal with COVID-19. On that note, maybe Ariel, can you wrap up the session and uh, maybe a couple of lines to to let our, our readers and our listeners to know um, to know what they can learn from the articles and the coverage you've done over the last couple of days and weeks on Suga-san. I think that there's been a lot of coverage, uh, you know, all across the world about uh, Jap the Japan's new prime minister. Some even confused at how, for example, he's you know, been elected so quickly without an election and so on. But um, if you look closely at, uh, you know, how the process works in Japan and, you know, the different sort of candidates that there were and so on, it becomes clear how Suga um, sort of has... Uh, his, the way, the path that he's risen to power. Um, and I think there's a lot to look and learn and interesting in his background. And, you know, I think it will be interesting to see what he manages to do in this one year that is left uh, in the, you know, in his legislation. And there's a lot of topics uh, like left, you know, that, that are, I think are interesting. So, for example, it's supposed to be supposed to be the Olympics next year. What's going to happen with that? What's going to happen with COVID-19? Uh, there's a lot to unpack. So please uh, make sure to check further coverage on our website. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you to everyone listening. This was the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward.